Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Google Gemini correctly predicts the present day. Mind control matrix. The internet, television, even our phones wouldn't just be distractions, but tools used to manipulate the masses and suppress critical thinking. I said that correctly. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Very glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We've got good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. So we got a lot to talk about. Grab a stool. And here we go on the good martini. And Jim, it's not often that we're saying nice things about Senate Democrats. But enough of them did the right thing, that they made it the good martini. Obviously, it's a narrow Democratic majority, 51-49. And with Senator Fetterman not able to participate on the floor, it's more like 50-49 to right now. But nonetheless, uh, this story from Politico about how specifically John Tester and Joe Manchin are pushing back on... Wokeness when it comes to investments, really. Uh, Politico, President Joe Biden will soon be in a position to issue his first veto after moderate Senate Democrats helped Republicans pass a measure that would undo an environmental and social investing rule. Senator John Tester of Montana, who is facing a tough 2024 re-election campaign, ensured passage of the rollback by announcing his support before the Wednesday afternoon vote. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, another Democrat facing re-election next year, also backed the effort. The Senate passed the GOP-led resolution 50-46. to 46. It's already passed the House, and now it goes to Biden's desk. He's going to veto it, and the Republicans and their few Democratic allies don't have enough votes to override. Uh, but this uh, legislation would roll back a new Labor Department rule that allows retirement plan managers to incorporate climate and social factors into investment decisions, you know, injecting politics into what happens with people's hard-earned money. So, uh, Jim, uh, the downside, of course, is, like we said, that it's not going to become law since Biden will veto it. Also, this tells me that Manchin's probably leaning towards re-election, so that's going to be a tough fight. But anytime you get some Democrats to split off for what I think is an obviously good piece of legislation, you got to step back and clap a little bit. Yeah, this is what you're supposed to do in an era of divided government. You're supposed to make it as hard as possible for the members of the other party that are in not so safe states or districts to uh, vote against you. And you want to force a president into vetoes and hopefully ideally someday. An idea proves so popular that the president, looking at re-election, chooses not to veto it. Um, right in this Politico article, there's a sentence that people probably wouldn't have expected when they looked at the end of the midterm elections. Quote, the Senate passed the GOP-led resolution on a 50 to 46 vote. Now, when you're in the minority, you're not supposed to be winning votes. But somehow, you know, there are two factors that jump out here. Obviously, is the uh, significance of Joe Manchin and John Tester both uh, saying that they would, you know, vote with the Republicans on this. Greg, I've decided the lowest hanging fruit are members of the Senate Democrats whose names begin with the letters J and O. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the names can only be three letters, but that's still there's pretty good stuff there. Look, one of the things that people say, ah, you know, well, now our party's got this many and they've got that many. Well, one of the complications is is that you're never more than two years away from some senator facing re-election, and in any given year, there's a good chance that at least one of them, and then likely in in a couple of cases, two, three, maybe four, 
You've got folks representing states that are not all that progressive and thus those centrist Democrats, whether or not you think they actually deserve the the label centrist, they just basically can't vote with the rest of their party. They need to establish their independence. They need to pick some high profile or at least medium profile fights. And this is one that Tester has picked up. I don't think it will be the last. Also worth noting, uh, Congressman Jared Golden of Maine voted with House Republicans on it uh, earlier. So I just think this is one of the dynamics we're going to see here over the next two years, that there are Senate Democrats who aren't going to be comfortable going along with what uh, the rest of the Senate Democratic caucus is doing. And I think that's good news for Republicans. It also makes it more likely that at some point, possibly with a Republican president, that these guys might vote for with Republicans again. But, you know, the idea of once they're safely reelected, there's always a chance these guys will end up, you know, oh, I've got at least another four years that I, where I can, you know, vote with the rest of my party without needing to worry about anything until two years before Election Day. Jim, I can understand maybe some folks countering saying, don't you guys understand? They don't actually believe this. They're trying to pull the wool over their voters' eyes by acting mostly as lefties for four years. And then they go with the Republicans here and there on a handful of votes in the last couple of years. So it's right in the front of the mind of the voters. They're not actually moving. They're just looking out for their own political future. Yes? (laughs) Yeah, they are. But I'll take their votes while I can get them. Um, And we've seen... With certain exceptions, certainly in the House, uh, blue dog Democrats, yellow dog Democrats, or whichever label you prefer, um, they became an endangered species. And then they largely got wiped out by what you might characterize as political climate change in 2010 and 2014. Um, I think you've seen something similar happen in the uh, in, in the Senate. It's not that long ago that North Dakota and South Dakota were represented by four Democratic senators. So I think you are seeing, you know, the, the ability to do that two-step, the ability to play that dance um, isn't quite what it used to be. And I think it gets tougher cycle by cycle. Um, but in the meantime, you know, if John Chester and Joe Manchin are going to team up to give the Biden administration headaches, Greg, I don't know about you, I'm going to welcome that. I'll definitely take it. And of course, we can't talk about Joe Manchin without citing Manu Raju of CNN. And he has a uh, uh, tweet thread out this morning that I think is telling about uh, Manchin's attitudes towards 2024. Quote, Senator Joe Manchin sharply criticized Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg over his handling of the Ohio rail disaster, telling me, quote, I think that basically Pete is not getting high grades right now. Manchin would not say if he has confidence in Buttigieg, quote, I have concerns. Quote, I have concerns with how this has been addressed, the quickness of it. Manchin would not say if he believes Buttigieg should resign as transportation secretary, saying, quote, he has to make that decision if he feels he's being effective, unquote. Manchin also believes that it made sense for President Biden to visit the Ohio scene and give confidence uh, to the victims. He says they, they want to see their leaders in place. So uh, I know there's there's some rumblings that, that Manchin is thinking about a third-party presidential run. I saw one headline that he doesn't identify as a Republican or a Democrat, which is very... Very cutting edge these days, right? Uh, so I don't know if this is just his way of uh, trying to get back into the good graces of West Virginia voters, or he's actually uh, thinking about uh, independence these days, uh, kind of following along with Senator Cinema. I mean, does he, you know, does he think that would work? <laughs> you know, like, no. I, I suppose if you want to go out with a bang, that's one way you can do that. Uh, run for president as independent. Um, you know, has it worked? Ross Perot peaked at 19% in probably near ideal circumstances in 92. 
I don't think uh, 2024 will be better circumstances, but I guess we'll see how that shakes out. Um, just beyond that, though, I also think like Joe Biden is never going to fire Pete Buttigieg and Pete Buttigieg is never going to resign. So Pete Buttigieg is going to stay there. But that having been said, I do think it's a revealing statement that very few Democrats want to rush to his defense every time he has a bad news cycle. He's got so many of them now that it's it's getting tedious. And uh, again, if you're up for a re-election in uh, those particular states, that's probably not too helpful for you. But we haven't heard from Manchin yet officially. I would imagine uh, we'll know fairly soon here. All right. One more bit of good news, Andy. And that is the fantastic deals you can find at 4 slash martini, including their signature offer right now, a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. And of course, free shipping on all orders over $97. You want to be prepared. You don't want to get caught unprepared when your power goes out. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a question of whether you're in the dark for a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe even a few days or more. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X, worth its weight in gold. It's now got double the capacity, and it'll keep your big appliances running, including your fridge, which is full of food that just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's got 12 outlets, including 4AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than normal. So visit 4patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our bad martini now. And Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday. And there's a lot of different exchanges uh, that we could highlight. Uh, Ted Cruz had him uh, backpedaling pretty well on, hey, how come you never prosecuted anyone for protesting ad nauseum outside the uh, homes of the Supreme Court justices, which is clearly against the law. Uh, You had, uh, I think it was Josh Hawley and other people talking about that horrendous memo from the FBI about uh, considering Catholics who prefer the Latin mass uh, as some sort of national security threat. And he pretended like he didn't know anything about that and it was horrible and everything. But the one we're going to highlight is uh, this exchange. This is a response from Attorney General Garland to Mike Lee, who wants to know why the uh, uh, Justice Department is prosecuting 34 people for protesting outside abortion clinics, including the ridiculous uh, daybreak uh, SWAT team arrest of uh, one person uh, who was later exonerated, by the way. Meanwhile, there's been over 80 attacks against uh, pro-life pregnancy centers, and yet only two people have been arrested. Here is uh, as Merrick Garland says uh, a lot in this response, his response uh, to uh, why there have been so few arrests and prosecutions in those cases. I will say you're quite right. There are many more prosecutions with respect uh, to the um, um, blocking of the, uh, um, of the abortion centers, but that is generally because they are, those actions are taken in, uh, with photography at the time. Um, uh, during the daylight, and uh, seeing the person who did it is uh, quite easy. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We have put full resources on this. Uh, we have uh, uh, asked, uh, put uh, um, uh, rewards out for this. Um, the Justice Department and the FBI have made um, outreach to Catholic um, and other uh, uh, organizations um, to ask for their help in identifying the people who are doing this. 
Um, we will prosecute every case against a pregnancy resource center that we can make. Uh, but um, uh, these people who are doing this are clever and are doing it in secret. And um, I am convinced that the FBI is uh, uh, trying to uh, find them uh, with urgency. Jim, I've heard a lot of excuses uh, from people as to why different crimes haven't been solved, but they did it at night. Uh, doesn't seem to be one we hear a lot. So Mary Garland saying, hey, we can arrest the people we saw in daylight, but the ones at night, yeah, it's, yeah, it's only the 21st century. That's really, really hard to find those people. Greg, I'm trying to understand, is everything that is, every single operation of the Department of Justice, is it all entirely solar powered? <laughs> does, does everything just stop at sundown? Like, ah, well, you know, well, we did everything we could today, guys. Good job. We tried a lot, but you know, this is the time when the criminals and the vampires take over. So it's time for us to hide until the soothing sight of dawn. Um, I mean, I, look, I hear that exchange and my conclusion, Greg, like I suspect many listeners as well. If the Department of Justice really can't do anything about firebombing of crisis pregnancy centers because it's occurring at night, then this is a job for Batman. Um <laughs> Because he works at night and it'd be nice to do something like that. The other kind of just thing that jumps out about this, and I think it reveals how this administration is different from, probably not that different from Obama's, but definitely different from Clinton's and, and you know, previous, you know, Democrats of a generation ago, shall I say. Let's say Merrick Garland, somebody brings us to the attention of Merrick Garland. There is somebody out there, some group, some individual who is firebombing crisis pregnancy centers at night because this person hates them, right? This person thinks that they are talking people out of abortions and abortion is a good thing. And thus, you know, arson is the proper solution to this. Let's imagine Merrick Garland is just a different, completely different human being. And he says, the hell with this. We are not tolerating this. I want, you know, U.S. Marshals, FBI, everybody get investigating this. I want some, I want to nail somebody's butt to the wall on this. I want to make some, an example out of somebody. I want to demonstrate that this kind of, you know, politically motivated violence is not accepted in this country. And I don't care. I'm Mr. Pro-Choice. I fully support abortion rights. I want to say, but you do not solve your problems in this country by setting buildings on fire. And imagine if like you won, Merrick Garland went out and did a press conference in which he announced that. Let's say he announced some task force investigating or something. And imagine if they got somebody. Greg, if he did that, what would people like you and I say? Well, we'd probably find other areas about his decision-making to gripe about, but we wouldn't be able to say, well, he never does anything, you know, or he turns a blind eye to violence when it targets the pro-life community. He'd go a long way. Like, one of those things where it's like, look, my job is to enforce crimes and I, you know, no, arson isn't. Okay. Are we asking too much? Is that really an unreasonable expectation? Is it, you know, I'm not saying Merrick Garland has to drop everything else he's doing on all other criminal fronts. Clearly, they can decide. He went over to Ukraine at one point. Now, I'm not saying there's. I can kind of see some value in that, but like your your U.S. domestic law enforcement is your your really your main duty here. Maybe a little bit of international smuggling and cybercrime and things like that. Maybe some of that's going to fit in your areas of expertise and, and jurisdiction and such. But really, your primary job as U.S. Attorney General is to enforce the laws of the U.S. on U.S. soil. So this would seem like a very good area for him to say, hey, you know what, conservatives, Republicans, pro-lifers, I know we've got some big disagreements here, but I you know, believe in fighting crime. I don't believe that you should be the victim of crime. And I'm willing to mobilize and take this seriously. And apparently, Greg, it was too much to ask. Merrick Garland just isn't interested in doing that. And then he probably wonders why you know everybody in Capitol Hill is so mean to him. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a real mystery. It's a real mystery about uh, allegedly how politics are uh, affecting uh, arresting and prosecuting decisions here. Just uh, absolutely baffling uh, at the numbers on this. Uh, should be a slam dunk uh, operation, but uh, politics are clearly intervening as far as I can tell. Meanwhile, one thing you might want to intervene on is uh, your liver. Uh, if it's unhealthy, and let's face it, 100 million Americans have fatty liver. That could be from drinking too much, could be from an unhealthy diet, lack of exercise, a whole lot of things. But that makes you three and a half times more likely to have heart failure. That's a lot of Americans in that position. So if you want to take care of your liver, the good news is there's now a way to help it out. There is a solution and it's called Liver Health Formula. It's an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the United States, and it's approved by American doctors. You can try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy, and you'll also get four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com martini and claim your five free bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com martini. Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who are breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jim, on to our crazy martini now and back to one of our favorite people. And yes, we're being facetious when we say that. And that is uh, former senator, former secretary of state, former presidential nominee, John Kerry. Once again, he's out there busy saving the planet, Jim. He and his fellow elites. It's a big job, but they think they're up to it. But he's still very disappointed in us, which I'm sure breaks your heart. Uh, here he is explaining how our personal choices and individual choices, not his, of course, because he's very responsible, but individual choices of other people are leading to a problem of emissions. We face a crisis of the choices that we make. Not all of us individually, but yes, in many ways still individually by what we buy, how we live, the choices we make on a daily basis. And the crisis that we face today on the global biome is a crisis that comes from unabated emissions. Jim, I know you lose a lot of sleep at night wondering if John Kerry is proud of you or disappointed <laughs> in you. I, I guess you know the answer now. Yeah, you know. Greg, it's, it's periodically mentioned that uh, Democrats have won the popular vote in, what is it, six of the last seven presidential elections, some, you know, uh, really troubling streak if you're a Republican. But who's the guy who managed to not do that? Good old John <laughs> Kerry. <laughs> you know, Hillary Clinton managed to do in the popular vote. Uh, you know, Al Gore managed to win the popular vote. But John Kerry managed to not do that. John F. Kerry, as he 
periodically reminds us. Um, so the thing that like, it, there, there are various other figures in the environmental green uh, climate change movement who, who adopt this, but I don't think anyone ever puts it as explicitly as Kerry does. Kerry's willing to say, you know, where we show, this is your fault. This is on you. You know, the idea of you, ordinary American citizen, you're the problem. You need to make changes. You are being unreasonable in your expectation that you can keep living your life the way you can. You are the one who is destroying the planet and you are expected. But then whenever he gets questioned about using a private jet, he's like, oh, what do you know? No, my work is very important. I need to get, you know, never mind like flying commercial, right? Oh, because, you know, flying first class, that's terrible. I mean, I've done that once in my life, you know, when I just happen to have a lot of miles that day. Um, the, but, you know, but the idea is like, no, no, he has to use a private jet. It's the only way he can get around. It's utterly reasonable. And of course, you know, by flying that private jet around, he's creating way more commission in that one trip than you're probably going to do in your entire, the entire year. Um, but, you know, he be absolutely believes like, no, I'm allowed to, you know, to enjoy all these nice things in life. Because I'm me and because I'm special and because I'm better than you and you, you peons out there, you're the ones who have to make sacrifices. You're the ones who aren't allowed to enjoy the things that I do because I'm one of the nobility. I'm the aristocracy. You people, you're the peasants. You know, I, I exaggerate. So he doesn't use those terms per se. But the attitude is, no, I'm entitled to this, but you people aren't. And unsurprisingly, people don't like it. And the really amazing thing is, is you know, I think about it, my career. You know, starting at National Review, writing the Kerry spot back in the 2004 election. You probably have noticed a lot of years have gone by since 2004. None of us are as young as we used to be. There are a lot of politicians who are big deals in 2004 who are not on the political scene anymore. You don't hear about Dick Gephardt anymore. You don't hear about Tom Daschle anymore. Harry Reid has passed on. But you do hear about John Kerry, and he's still here, still reminding us that we are disappointed of him. Almost as bad as Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah, he says unabated emissions from fossil fuels that burn so we can propel our vehicles, heat our homes, light our businesses. In other words, live, have heat, <laughs> make some money. How dare we, Jim? How dare we? Would that it were, Greg. Would that it were. <laughs> I, I, yeah, as you can tell, for all my frustration with John Kerry, one, he was helpful in my career. Two, I really enjoy doing the voice. And, you know, I guess as long as he's in the public eye, I can keep doing it. <laughs> and as you've often said, <laughs> with his uh, with his narcissism, uh, if we didn't have John Kerry, we'd have to invent him. Yeah. So he did our work for us. So anyway, Jim, happy Thursday. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already, and please tell a friend about us as well. Thank you very much also for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Jim is at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday and join us again on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.